Hello and welcome to All Villa No Filler, a podcast all about Aston Villa, the world's greatest football team. Unai Emery has now notched up two league wins in two after a hard-fought victory at Brighton. We'll get to that in a moment. And Frankie adds a few dollops of Tabasco to the chilli with today's spicy question. Uh, but before we get into all that, of course, we always start with the main question. Frankie, how are you? Oh, well, what a day. I've got to tell you, I've just been just been to see uh, Aston Villa beat Brighton 2-1. Obviously, amazing win. Uh, then went to watch Wakanda Forever at the cinema with my friend. Sorry, N- Nakamba, Nakamba Forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's a film I'd pay to see, I tell yeah, you. Absolutely. Oh, so my that. God. Uh, the marvellous one. Um <laughs> Yeah, uh, but uh, yeah, my friend's an Arsenal fan. And you should have seen the sweat dripping down his head. I was like, what's wrong? He says, can't stop looking over my shoulder. Arsenal's looking over their shoulder at Villa, just Hurricane Villa approaching. It's like, you know, he's got the whole World Cup now to think about this. Like, he knows mm. it's not Man City he needs to fear. Erling Haaland can't sleep at night knowing that Aston, Unai Emery's Aston Villa are now on the on the rise we're coming after there it's it's like that meme of like you know uh, of the of the mirror in the car and it's like things in the rearview mirror look closer than they are closer than they appear <laughs> yeah. and as you see like the villa crest yeah. moving, <laughs> the moving closer the t-rex's mouth La- yeah. laura dern who is a uh, man city just screaming <laughs> accidentally putting her hand on the on the brakes jeff exactly. goldblum as man united lying down the fallen giant go faster go faster <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, it was, uh, but oh my goodness, George, what a win today. Mm, what, mm. what did you make of it? Oh, you're going to start by asking me. Yeah. Well, what did I make of it? It was, you know what, Frankie, it was a very controlled performance. I would say very controlled display against, let's not forget a very, very good Brighton side. Yeah. I think they're now seventh in the Prem after losing today, but they could have gone fifth, I think, if results had gone their way. I think if United had lost to Fulham, um, mm-hmm. which is remarkable going into the World Cup break with them being sort of fifth in the table. Uh, and if you look at their recent results, smashed Chelsea 4-1, yeah. beat Wolves away. Um, they beat Arsenal, obviously, league leaders in the in the League Cup midweek. So yeah. Zerbi seems to have found his feet as manager there, sort of carrying on from where Potter left off. But you know what? I think we made them look really average. Considering yeah, their yeah. form at the moment, uh, I was expecting them to be much more on it than they were, and maybe the last few games have taken it uh, have taken it out of them. But they mm-hmm. weren't as impressive as I was expecting them to be. I mean, gra- I mean, one minute in, I probably was thinking, "Oh God, oh, <laughs> here yeah. we go!" Oh yeah. yeah, not the best start there from Dougie. Um, but uh, you know that that's what can happen. I mean, you know, we, we're a side now that does pay from the back, and if you're not switched on from you know, the, the, the whistle, then that mm-hmm. can happen. And that's what did happen. But conceding early is not the worst thing in the world. You've got, you've got 89 minutes to turn it around and, and, mm-hmm. and, you know, we did. And, um, you know, with, with, uh, with, with Bailey benched and, um, Watkins missing with, with illness, I think it was, uh, I was a bit anxious as well. I thought, you know, you'd want to continue that, that team that so, comfortably dispatched uh, United um, mm-hmm. in, in the league. Uh, but it just goes to show the strength and depth that we do actually have. I know under Gerrard, it didn't seem that way, but the fact that, you know, Ing can come in and score a brace. McGinn can come in and just work his socks off. Uh, you know, brilliant performance from from Super John. Uh, and the fans were very reciprocal to that performance. You know, lots of Super John McGinn chants yeah. heading his way, which was which was really good and great for his confidence. So, so that's... So that's good. And I think it's kind of given 
Emery lots of food for thought over the World Cup break now. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Because he's, he's thinking now, what do I do with McGinn? He was fantastic. What do I do with Ings when, you know, Watkins comes back? You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of questions now about where, um, who and who fits into, who fits into his, his starting 11. But that's, that, that's, that's really good. And just to touch on some other players before I come to you, Frankie, and your thoughts. Um, mm-hmm. Kamara was brilliant. Best player oh, on the pitch. Fantastic for me. player. Um, yeah. Just that winning balls literally all day long. He was like a rugby number eight. He was just turning the ball over, just constantly uh, recycling the recycling the ball, and 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 sort of he was the the fulcrum of lots of our counter attacking play. Ramsey again, looking so sharp, and and yeah, obviously came a bit too soon to make the World Cup squad, but seriously, he's he's not far off yeah. an England call up the, the way he's he, he's been playing and and the way he played uh, today, and so you know it's. It's one of those weird ones, actually, with the with the break. Whether it comes at a bad time, I don't know what you think. You know, we're on a bit of a mini roll under under Emery. Um, but yeah, I mean, how how did how did you see it? Yeah, I, to be honest, I don't think the World Cup break comes at a bad time for us in a way because it essentially gives Emery a bit of a preseason because most of our players are not going to be going to the World Cup, sadly. Although I think Emmy Martinez, if Argentina continue their form, might be there for quite a while. Um, so we'll see how is that it, one sort it, of pans is out. Is it only the four? So it's Martinez, Cash, Bednarek, and Dendonka. Obviously, those last two are on loan. Uh, but I think I think it's just those four, isn't it? Yeah, so it's not top, not that top many. Of my head, so. yeah. Um, but yeah, so I, I think. Um, look, I mean, I mean, yeah. To start this game off today, oh my goodness! I thought the first minute oh, it was the same old Villa in the sense like. It just looked a bit like there was that away day malaise. Mm. And you just start, you're just wondering then, you're like, is it, we're going to find something out about Villa now, I think, after that goal. At at that moment, I was like, we'll find out if this away day thing is a player thing or whether we're just not, we just can't seem to handle it away from Villa Park. But the way we reacted, first five minutes, I thought Villa were going to get battered because we were really struggling. But then we just suddenly kind of settled down. The, the way the goal came about, um, you know, it started off with Bubakar Kamara taking the ball in a difficult spot, progressing forward with it, hitting a really good, clever pass to uh, Emi Buendia. So it was Bubakar Kamara started that move. Buendia then puts in a nice pass to John McGinn, who made a really good run, and it's a penalty. And I think mm. just from that moment, it was kind of like the first half was kind of like both teams would have spells where they were more dominant, but I always felt Villa looked more dangerous in yeah. the final third than Brighton did. Mm. Um, and then second half, we get that goal. Again, Douglas Louise making up for the mistake he made. It was it was a bizarre kind of... Um, it was the same two image. players, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. McAllister. McAllister, yeah. Deadly Douglas, who uh, I think has been really good recently, Deadly Douglas. Um, and so what it was to me was, you know, Villa for years have always been a bit of a team where you're like... A bit of a pushover, you know, in wrestling term, you know, the big, the, the big, hurricane, the hurricane, you know, they'll, they'll, <laughs> yeah, they'll yeah. occasionally push the intercontinental title. They'll, they'll, you know, they'll, they'll win the odd match, but too often when you come up against the big dogs, it's a bit of a like, it's a bit of a soft touch. Today, yeah. Villa showed a bit of a nasty streak. Brighton fans will come away from that game going like, Villa are a horrible team. I hate Villa, and Newcastle did something similar against Chelsea yesterday. Yeah, to be honest. Um, in the last 10 minutes. I want opposition teams to come away being like, I hate playing Villa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the thing was, like, Emery tactically, he went quite, he went very defensive after we uh, went 2-1 up. In around the 70th minute mark, he went defensive. And it really worked. Tactically, it worked, you know. And yes, Brighton 
should they have had a penalty? Jamie Carragher certainly seems to think so. Uh, with Luca Dean's challenge, and I think it was on Trossard. And they mm-hmm. had a header, which, to be honest, they should have scored in the 89th minute. So we wrote a look. But ultimately, they didn't create a lot. And I think we really did keep them out. Um, it was brilliant to see Villa look away from home. We'd been absolutely pathetic and weak and just a walkover this season. Today looked like a team that was um, tougher, harder, a bit stronger, willing to play, do the dark arts when we needed to. Um, and uh, also just having that bit of quality. We just looked at more like we had more attacking threat than Brighton did. Um, you know, which, it, it, right. it looked like it looked like the team that we were all anticipating we would see in August. Do you mm. know what I mean? As in, we looked at that squad. Well, I did. Yeah. I looked at that squad and I thought, this team can really do something this this year. And I, I you know, I'm not not getting over ahead of myself and I'm not thinking, you know, we're going to be pushing for Europe, but I thought at least very competitive, top 10, um, you know, in every game more or less. Yeah. Performing at a very high level, which we obviously weren't seeing under under Gerard. And and you mentioned obviously the kind of element of the dark arts and and time wasting. And I think Deserby said post match, you know, he didn't see any fair play in that match. But as you say, Frankie, like for far, far too long, um, we have been a soft touch. And mm. and if you're going to be successful, that's a part of that needs to be like a string to your bow. You don't want to you don't want to pull it out every single game, but you know when 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 you need to. Mm. Uh, I don't I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with it. I don't think it's like cheating or anything. <laughs> God's sake, I don't I don't think it's cheating or anything. It's just no. it's just it's part and parcel of the game. Um, and 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 successful clubs do it. I mean, if you look yeah. at Real Madrid over the years, there. Real Madrid, Manchester United under Alex Ferguson, nasty. Man, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and you know, how many titles did they win? So yeah, I think I think it's something that can be adopted and should be adopted. Um obviously it's very frustrating when it's been done to you, but, but we've we've had it done to us for a spot of about 15 years in the Premier League. Yeah. So so you know, uh, you know so, Emmy Martinez just summed it all up really today, you know, like when he uh Emmy Martinez is one of my favorite villa players ever already, I think. Mm. I, and I, I really mean that because he's just not only does he just clearly love being at the villa, not only is he, you know, and a brilliant player. He loves winding up the opposition fans and, you know, like pretending to catch the ball today when it went out of play, you know, for a goal kick, um, just taking his time, squaring up to the opposition. He wants to win. He's a winner, yeah. you know, and look, he, made, he, made, he made a save and was like, <laughs> down clutch his knee. <laughs> I don't think the camera was on the bright player. You could see him like throw his arms. And like, immediately I knew what had happened. He's like yeah. a red comedy wrestling villain who you just like can't help but cheer. He picks up a steel chair and whacks someone in the back of the head and then goes down and pretends he got hit by the chair. It's like Eddie, like Eddie Guerrero style. Eddie Guerrero, yeah, yeah. Lion yeah. Cheese, Ric Flair, you know, uh, jet flying, limousine riding, all that stuff, you know, um, He's, he's just got an attitude that it's a winner's attitude. And it's the kind of thing that I think Villa has needed for a long time. And uh, I'm not suggesting I want to see our players diving or, you know, um, hurting opposition players. But, you know, been a bit canny, taking your yeah. time, winding them up and, you know, you know, just just a bit tougher, you know. And that's that's something we've seen already. Uh, under it's, it's down it's down to the referee to decide he feels that it's it's not within the rules of the game, then then yeah. he brings out a yellow card or whatever. Like it's not on us to 
to officiate the game mm. but what is on us so we can decide how we operate and 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 yeah okay like you push it a little bit but but ultimately it's not yeah it's not on us to decide what's within the rules of the game or not but you gotta as you say be smart play play mm. the game as you see it and and we did that we did that brilliantly it's, it's game management it's it's a term yeah. that you hear used quite a lot and we've been terrible at it for as long as i can remember so it's nice that emery is you know tactically aware enough to 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 sort of play that card when he sees fit and it worked yeah. it worked to perfection today there was you know when when the um officials board came up for eight minutes extra time um i was you know i didn't really see much in brighton at all i thought eight mm. minutes i mean that's 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 the longest extra time i think we've played this, this season yeah and at no point did i think Brighton were going to score. I mean, yeah, they had the, the the header towards the end and and maybe a couple of other chances that maybe, as you say, we rode our luck a little bit. But in the main, nothing really that concerned me yeah. about the way Brighton played. Well, look at how kind of, you know, our away games this season, Palace, um, Bournemouth, Fulham, Forest, Leeds, we've been absolutely pathetic, just passive, weak, no creativity in the final third, and that was under the Gerard era, right? That's yeah, that's testament, I think, to the way he coached that team. Um, you know, because you look at Villa already today, it's like every the, subst- the substitutions worked, um, for Emery tactically, it worked. Yeah. Um, and look, I mean, look, you can compare it to the start of uh, Gerard's reign where we did look quite good, you know, Leicester we beat 2 1. Uh, Brighton 2-0 at home. We beat um, Palace away 2-1. So, you know, Gerard did have a good start. But, you know, eventually the co- opposition teams cottoned on to how we played. And Gerard wasn't really able to ever get away from this one style that he had and stuck no. to. And we just ended up being a team that couldn't... Our attacking players were never present in the game because it just... It, the, the style didn't suit them at all. Um, whereas today it's like... You know the attack, even even in just three games under Emery, the attackers have been so much more involved. Yeah, so much more involved. Um, they look so much more alert and in, awake, and um, they're working hard. Like Buendia's running everywhere, mm. running back. Ramsey's running back. They're, it's like they're picking out their man and knowing who to mark and when to follow them, cutting off options. You know, it's not dissimilar to what you see from Newcastle, which is, I think is a good comparison because mm. Newcastle squad I don't think is better than ours but I think that they've been really well coached by um, Eddie Howe for the last year and therefore are where they are. And that's yeah. not somewhere I don't think Villa can't be in, in a year. I think that Villa are going to have, we're going to have some tough moments in the next, you know, next few months. Obviously it's not all going to be sunshine. We're not going to win all the time. We're probably going to have some annoying losses, but ultimately I do feel like, you know, Emery, his track record as a manager is so good that there's a lot to be positive about the last few games to think that this can continue. Um, but for you today, George, who who was your man of the match? Yeah, Kamara. I can't have passed yes, him. To I, be I have to agree. Uh, I, it, he, he was just he was just just phenomenal. I mean, considering he's just come literally just come back from quite a serious injury, he's been out mm. for a good few months. He sort of played like he was missing for like you know a week or two. He, he, he was just he was just everywhere. His ball winning, his just ability to win the ball. Is is as good as I've seen um, anyone really. I know, you know, I don't want to, I don't want to go massively hyperbolic because it's just, it's just one, it's just one game. Yeah. But, um, but he's got that ability clearly to to be that effective. And mm. and if he can do that consistently for us, I think we've got, you know, that that was why we why we got him, why why yeah. why he was he was our first player in the door over the summer because 
he was kind of that player that we needed for such a long time, a really kind of aggressive ball winner in the middle of the field that could supply the ammunition for our really creative attacking players like Bailey and and, and the rest of them. So I've got to say Bailey's looking every inch the 30 million pound player now, isn't he? Even in his cameo for, for, you know, 15 minutes. Yeah. He just, he just looks on it. Doesn't he? He looks like a, a he's just, he, he looks like he's, he's a sort of player that it would be, it'd be a nightmare to come up against him as a fullback. Cause you just, yeah. his pace, his power, his trickery, you know, he just, he just seems to glide past people. Um, so he's if looking he's, very, very sharp. If he's able to keep this up consistently, then we have a really serious player because like, yeah, uh, yeah he has been exceptional the last few games. Brighton, you know, he did, there were moments where he um, showed it again. It's just maintaining the consistency with him. But I I agree with you on uh, Kamara. I mean, there's a few players. I think Ming's second half was really good. Dean was really good first half. Um, Douglas Louise metronomic, but for that mistake at the start. But I mm. think you're right. I think Kamara was just all game, like his breakup of the play, but it's not, not just the way he breaks the play, but his distribution is really, really good. Yeah. And the first goal came about with him you know, getting that ball in a difficult spot with two Brighton players around him, getting away, pressing forward and picking out Buendia. We've got a really good CDM there. And then Dendonka as well, you know, coming on. That's two quite different profiles. Dendonka's a much bigger and more physical presence, mm. a bit more of a destroyer, you would say. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, that's Kamara, a position... Kamara's a good ball player as well. As Completely, you said, yeah. in, t- in terms of in terms of how he sort of set up that that uh, that chance that resulted in the penalty, you know, he, he, he can... He can pass the ball about quite well mm. and get forward and, and, and contribute to the offensive sort of passages really. that play really well. And and the thing as well that I like is that, you know, and I saw this at Man United when I was at the game last week, was that with uh, Brighton today as well, we're trying to play it around at the back and we're not moving away from that now. Like Unai Emery has said, this is what we are. Um, in the first half of the start, obviously it came undone because I think, I think Emmy Martinez had a pretty slow start to the game, to be honest. I love the man. He's, you know, um, I'd build a statue to him and all that. But I think this, the pass to Douglas Louise was his, I think that was his fault, mm. the opening goal. And I think that his, he was slow to start with his distribution. And at times he sort of held onto it maybe a second too long so that when the ball went to Tyrone Mings, Mings had a little bit less time than he would have liked before he was pressed by the Brighton defender. But I think second half, we, that didn't seem to be a problem then. I think we got over that. And a couple of Martinez's ball, once he got into the flow of the game, you know, one, a couple of his long balls were really good, really exceptional picking out players. And um, then playing it around at the back, I think we looked a little bit more comfortable as the game went on. And it's something we're going to, you know, there will be mistakes playing that style, but it's something we have to stick with and improve and say that's the team we are now. We're not just going to blindly give it away and... Um, you know, it's not just going to be passive passing back and forth between Conta and Mings, which it, which it was, particularly when I went to the Palace game this season, which is, it was just Conta and Mings passive back to each other. Can't find a midfielder. To, there's no no way to move the ball at the pitch other than lumping mm-hmm. it. Whereas at Villa today, we're avoiding lumping it forward, which was good to see. Yeah, I mean, as you say, we were massively caught out in the League Cup midweek by by passing the ball out from the back. But, yes. but as you uh, as you say, you know that that's. That's what happens. I mean, it happens to the the best teams uh, oh, occasionally. Yeah. You know, you see that's happened to Liverpool. That's happened to City, where they've just been, you know, there's a, a bit of sloppy play, or you know, um, 
there's a confusion amongst the amongst the players and the ball. You know, it, it, they they look daft when they go in those goals, but yeah. but ultimately, you know, you, you're doing it for the greater good, aren't you? That, that that overall you're retaining the ball much better, and you're able to get into better positions further up the pitch by 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 passing the ball basically mm-hmm. uh, through the through the through the yards. So yeah, really really good performance. Um, you know, it's it's great to beat the likes of Brentford four 0 at home. Obviously, that was a really good result, but mm. but I think this was a really good win against a good Brighton side, and um and it it absolutely uh, gives us optimism um once the the World Cup is over and we're back to it in uh, in uh, December. All Villa, no filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Welcome back, everybody. Now it's time for this. Things are heating up like the exhaust on Julian Lescott's Lamborghini as I ask this the spicy question. Today, George, I'm asking you, Aston Villa has a new badge. It's the rounded crest that won out. What do you think of it? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I think I, I do I do like it. I, I genuinely do. It's, it's lovely. It's very clean. It's obviously a throwback to the crest that we wore when we won the European cup. So it's a, you know, it's a nod to our, our past successes. Listen, you're not going to please everybody with something like this. It's, it's so subjective and people kind of have their own thoughts about what, you know, what type of crest means what to them. Mm-hmm. So obviously growing up for me, it was, it was the shield with the the claret and blue stripes yeah, and prepared yeah, yeah. written under That was the one that I kind of grew up Same. with. So I think I'll always have the affection for that. Yeah, I've got affection for that. But yeah. then obviously for the older generation of fan, they're they're very attached to that circle, that sort of classic circle crest, which we've kind of gone back to. Yeah, listen, it's 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 I'm I'm gonna get behind it. I'm gonna get behind the team. I'm not one to massively criticize it. I know there's been loads of sort of I don't know nonsense on on social media about how it's basically we've copied the Chelsea badge or whatever. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, which I think is just you know it's just rubbish anyway. To be honest, a lot a lot of the badges do actually look quite similar. You know, we're not the only team in the in the country that has a lion as its emblem. Obviously, Chelsea do. Other other teams do. I and think anyone could have had it before. It's good though because we're, we're that yeah, old. We're, so, yeah. Exactly, exactly. Um, you know, it's it's nice. It's nice. I think I think looking at the two, I probably would have gone. With the other one, I, I think for me personally, as much as I think it's nice that we hark back to um, our greater success, um, you know, I, I think the the way that we're developing now, we probably need to just start looking looking ahead. And I thought kind of the the other crest, the more kind of it was kind of what the the, the gas lamp style shield ish mm. design sort of even though the gas lamp is a bit of a throwback um it, it's it, it was different it was different and it kind of maybe represented a different a new age for villa but um i i you know they were both very nice designs and either way you, you it's not about the crest is it it's about sort of the the player playing playing for it and with it and so you just yeah I, it, it's 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 fine seven out of ten uh, <laughs> I would say. Oh, 10 out of 10. We've got to give it 10 out of 10. It's Villa, <laughs> I mean, it? sorry. Yeah. 17 out of 10. 17 out finish. of 10. That's it. It's really good. Um, yeah. But yeah, Frank, Frankie, what did you think? Were you, oh, look, the, uh, the Lions now facing yeah, the other way? I, I don't know anything like that. I think I'm going to need a bit of getting used to the Lion being the other way. The first time I saw the Lion sort of the opposite direction, I was a bit taken aback by it. I thought, oh, that doesn't look right. So it's going to take a bit of getting used to that, I think. 
I personally voted for the uh, gas lamp inspired yeah. one. It, I, I think the only reason I went for the gas lamp one was because I, I I don't really have a connection to the circular crest only because I started supporting Villa in 1992. So it was the shield, as you mentioned there, it was the claret and blue stripes and that. So I, I don't really have a connection to the circular one as much. Um mm. Though I understand a lot of Villa fans, most Villa fans, you know, will remember pre that era and obviously do have a connection to it. And it was during a very successful time that we had that badge. Um, you know, my uncle played with that badge on the correct shirt. So, of course, I've got a huge affection for it. Um, I just I just thought um, the gas that one, I liked it. Um, yeah. And I thought, um, I kind of thought maybe it'd be like a bit of a step forward rather than one, you know, looking back to go forward. But it's it's totally understandable uh, that fans wanted to go with the circular one. Um, I'll, 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 I'll love it, whatever, um, support it, whatever. And um, yeah, I'll, I'll look forward to uh, sticking it up on my wall and having to redesign the logo for uh, all villa, no filler. You're going to have to laser off the tattoo on your back though, are you? Uh, again. <laughs> oh my God. Uh, it, all the different crests I've had over the years. It's like, oh for God's sake, they've changed it again now. Well, you know that you know that, that that sort of bizarre move in about 2016 where they just subtly removed the word prepared. I know. It's just like imagine like all the branding at Villa Park they had to change just for that you know one word to be removed. If you're gonna if you're gonna change the badge, then change it, make it yeah, yeah, different yeah. rather than just erasing a couple of you know one word. Yeah. Um I think it sort of slightly changed the blue the shade of blue or something daft. Yeah. But I I was hoping they'd go back to that sort of random one we had in eighteen eighty six. The one which is like blue, red, and yellow, all the primary <laughs> colours. The, 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 the it's like a bur- the, the flag of Birmingham, I think. Yeah. It is, yeah, it is, yeah. it is. But um, but but no. Listen, it's it's a it's a lovely it's a lovely badge, and uh, and you know if we can generate any amount of um, um, success that we had playing under that sort of badge in you know the eighties, then then I am all for it. So um, so I look forward to it. It's next season, isn't it? That we that we actually go to it. So um, yeah, be nice. I'll probably get that kit. I reckon. Yeah, I think so. It'll be an important one. And I think they'll probably put the circular badge in the center of the shirt at some point. Mm. Um, kind of as a throwback to the, you know, the season we won the the European Cup. So um so yeah. Just just keep there. going back, just bring Dennis Mortimer to play in it as well next season. <laughs> Unai throws him on for the last three minutes. <laughs> He's tactical masterclass again from Unai, the professor. If, if you're old enough, you're good enough. All Villa, No Filler on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Well, George, we're heading into the World Cup, one of the most uh, surprising times ever for a World Cup to happen. Uh, firstly, before we talk a bit more about Villa, I just want to ask you, who do you think is going to win the World Cup? Ooh, um, oh, I do know who I think is going to win the World Cup. Um, Emi Martinez's Argentina for oh. me. Mm. I do think they've got a really, really good chance. Obviously, they're Copa America uh, holders. Um, Emmy won that with uh, Argentina uh, in the most recent tournament, and and they've got some very good players. Obviously, Leo Messi's last um, last tournament with Argentina too. So there's that riding on it. I just mm. think I don't know. I just feel like I feel like Argentina are the team. Uh, the forces team with them. They haven't the lost with in them a long time, have they? No, they haven't. They're they're a they're a team. They're a team in good form. As I say, they've got some great. Great players, other Martinez is like Latura Martinez, really, really good striker. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you know, other 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 teams that sort of stand out for me, Brazil, 
yeah. looking really, really good. I looked at their um actually, you know, Dougie, I think really unlucky not to well, they won't win the World Cup there, without but... Doug now. They, need, they needed the deadly <laughs> yeah. man. They did need the deadly man. Um, but but yeah, uh, they look they look pretty good. Um, so I can't look past the South Americans to be honest. Um, I mean, you got your, your standard teams as well, the European nations like France and Germany. Can't see England doing particularly well myself, but who knows? Mm. Um, but yeah, I think I think Argentina for me. What, what about you, Francos? Yeah, I think England. I think that four 0 loss to Hungary was somewhat suggestive of where England might be. Now it feels a little bit like it's at the tail end of the Southgate era. Yeah. You never know. You know, look, they might pull it out. They've got the attacking players. England have are fantastic. Um, I think there's. I think the centre midfield. The problem with England centre midfield is I think there's some amazing players in there. It's just that there's not a, like a. They're a quite industrious bunch. Um, they're not like um there's just not like a Luca Modric, you know, somebody who can yeah. retain that ball. And I think they're, they're, they're a bit more they're, they're brilliant players. I'm not saying they aren't, but maybe just the the balance isn't quite right. Yeah, um, I mean, you know, I, I wonder if you know if Bellingham has played like he plays for Dortmund. Mm-hmm. I know he's very young. He's a, he's but, a great but I love Bellingham's incredible, incredible mm-hmm. player. But I I just I just wonder if that they need a somebody of the profile of a of a Modric maybe not, not many countries in the world will ever have a player no. like that but you know um, but I think the England's weakness really is central defence that's the main area where I think it, that England would do very well to win a World Cup with that central defence but uh, yeah. ultimately yeah I think Argentina obviously they're the form team you know they've won the Copa America recently beat Brazil and they're on the home turf Emi Martinez um, and Messi uh, I, I would absolutely love it for Martinez and I would love it for Lionel Messi. I have to be honest, I think Lionel Messi is the greatest football player of all time. I think he's the best football player I've ever seen in my life. My granddad's generation, it was Pele. My mom and dad's generation, it was um, Diego Maradona. And for me, it was uh, it's it's Lionel Messi. I would love him to, to see him do it. But, uh, you know, don't, there's, uh, there could be quite a surprising side comes out of nowhere at this World Cup, I think. You know, Croatia, you wouldn't have predicted to go to a, a final, the last one. So this time you never know, like a like mm. a Uruguay. I kind of was hoping Senegal might be one of them sorts of teams, but with Mane being injured, I start. I wonder if they might be capable of going as far as I think their talent and they're really, you know, Alu says is a very good manager too. Mm. So I don't know. I, I wouldn't be surprised if there's a quite a surprising team sort of really goes a long way in this tournament. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I, I think the fact that it's being held in November and it's being held in Qatar, I think. Um, it, that could lend itself to a surprise team sort of finding its way through to the the latter stages of the tournament. It'd be interesting. I mean, I'm, I'm quite intrigued to see how it goes and how it goes down and how it sort mm. of develops and, and and what and you know what the reaction is, particularly here in 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 the UK to to watching the tournament because we obviously we're so used to going to fan zones and the weather being yeah. relatively good for the UK over the summer when we normally watch the World Cup. Obviously, very different vibe here, but but who knows? It could be quite interesting. Obviously, looking ahead now to to Christmas, yeah. So it's so it's you know it feels like perhaps maybe an extended build up to that. I don't know, but we'll we'll we shall see. But I mean, obviously during the during the tournament, we'll still be bringing you bringing you the the, the podcast, of course. Of course, um, we will. You know, just just because there's a there's a break for. 
Aston Villa players. It's not a break for us. No, we absolutely keep, not. We keep we keep on we're trucking. Not, so we're not um, going yeah. to any beaches. We ain't getting no pina coladas on the beach. <laughs> no <laughs> we're way. We're working hard. We're, we're working, working hard. For you, hard. We're, we're, do, we're, do, we're looking at all the data, putting all the tactics together <laughs> what, for what Professor Unai could do uh, for his next masterclass. It's, it's like uh, in the imitation game, you know that machine. Um, sort of whirring <laughs> yeah. away, yeah. just just crunching all the all the numbers, all the stats, <laughs> yeah. um, just so we can work out Villa's best team over the over the break and what Unai has to work with um, come uh, Boxing Day. I think our first game yeah. back, isn't it? So yeah, and I mean, like, where do, how do you feel about where Villa are at the moment? I'm much more confident than I was under Gerrard for sure. Yes. I think if we delayed dismissing him um, and we went into the into the winter, I was going to say summer break, went into the winter break um, with Gerrard at the helm, I'd be much more anxious. Mm-hmm. I think we'd probably be in the relegation zone by now, and um, yeah, looking down rather than up. But Emery's given us a lift that I really hope, and I don't think it is, but I, I hope it's not a you know one of those new manager bounces like we had with Gerrard, where you know we win a couple of games and then. It all kind of fizzles out. I think I think Emery's much more sort of tactical, tactically astute, mm-hmm. and, I, and I hope that before teams start working us out the way they did under Gerard's Villa, that he can make subtle changes either with personnel or, or with tactics to kind of make sure we can continue that momentum and and try and make make a success of this season. Um, well, he's so much more positive now for sure. Yeah, and he's the type of manager who looks at the opposition team and works out what their strengths and weaknesses are. You know, yeah. and. Um... That's ultimately already immediately puts us in a better place than we were under Steven Gerrard. Um, Gerrard uh, spell, particularly this season, just didn't work at all. Uh, but with Emery, you know, the last, you know, his first game ending the Manchester United at home curse, um, there's not really a better way to start. I think it was frustrating not to win with uh, Old Trafford, considering it was a bit of an opportunity missed. Mm-hmm. And we want to win trophies, um, but you know, to 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 go away to Brighton and just show a bit of grit, um, tactical astuteness, discipline. Eight minutes injury time, and it didn't bother us. Um, that was a really good sign, I think, and it shows that we progressed from being uh, already within a couple of weeks from that, you know, the patheticness of that Fulham away, where we were just totally walked over. Um, so uh, Unai Emery is a, is a, is a winner of a manager. Um, I think Aston Villa is the size of club that suits him and has suited him in the past. You look at Sevilla, Villarreal, Valencia, they're teams that are comparable to Aston Villa, I think, mm-hmm. though all three of them have had much more success than us in the last decade. They're still teams that comparative size are similar to what Villa are. Um, so, uh, And now we, we get sort of essentially a bit of a mini pre-season for him to work with all these players work on different formations, work out what their strengths and weaknesses are. And that's putting us in, that's that's got to be a good thing. And, you know, first game back on Boxing Day is Liverpool uh, at home. And um, I'm already excited at the prospect of it. I really think that our players will, um, you know, have worked with Emery. It'll be a big atmosphere, a Boxing yeah. Day, everyone will be there. Uh, mm. And uh, Liverpool's players, more of them will have been at the World Cup. You know, they just will. Uh, maybe a little bit more lethargic than we will be. So, uh, yeah, there's certainly something to build towards. And um, if Emery could just get us, you know, I know we're firmly ensconced in the race for 12th place at the moment. (laughs) We're firmly ensconced. But if we can just get up into that top half this season, that's Mm. a great step forward for Villa. A FA Cup run as well would be lovely. Um, But if we can just get up into the top half and then that's something, you know, 
with new signings or you know whatever for us to uh, push on then and aim properly genuinely for Europe well said Frankie and on that positive note let's end things uh, for now so all that's left to say is thank you everybody for listening I've been your host George Linsky and this is my cat Mabel who's been interrupting the show uh, throughout um, <laughs> but, uh, catch you later Frankie catch you in a bit George up the villa and up the Mabel up the villa up the Mabel and uh, it is goodbye from me we will be back, be back uh, again very soon with a very special programme during the uh, World Cup break but until then come on Super Aston Villa <laughs>